Welcome to the Better Together Life podcast. A full-time family building a Texas homestead from scratch. All right, welcome to the Better Together Life podcast. As official as it could possibly get. Yes, because the last one was just episode zero. In our car. And we don't even really remember what we talked about. Because so it, was... it must have been good. <laughs> we are doing this podcast because we are about to get ready to move to our homestead. First, we have to actually sell our house here in suburbia. And Kelly is making some really funny faces because she doesn't know where I'm going. And that's what I am excited <laughs> about. Problem. That's what I'm excited about this podcast is because I want you to see what Kelly and I are like without editing. I think you're excited about this podcast because I can talk and watch you come up with ideas but you don't have to edit the faces that I make. I think it's going to make your life easier. Oh, that's, that's why I'm very excited about this. So thanks for tuning in. We're the Brothertons, and you probably found us from YouTube or maybe iTunes, and you're looking to follow us on our journey from the suburbs to our homestead. So that's right. Right now we live in the suburbs of Houston. In the summers, it's hot. In the winters... It lasts about two weeks, so we don't really know what winters is, winter is like here. But we're looking forward to moving out of the subtropic area into the hill country of Texas. So if you're a fan of the hill country, get excited. Are we? Is it actually the hill country? I know that it's central Texas-ish. I guess it's the closest we can get to the hill country, so maybe it really is just central Texas. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Like, if you were to put your finger right on the middle of Texas... You would pretty much know exactly where we live. Yeah. Going to live. We are going to talk about today in episode one. The topic is, and I'm very excited about this because this is the first time that we've really unpacked this together, Kelly and I, is what do we want to get out of our homestead or what do we want to get off of our homestead? I'm excited about that. I know you are because you've asked me. <laughs> A lot of times, what do I, like you've asked me probably four different ways of, about what I want on the homestead, off of the homestead, or out of the homestead, and I'm just not sure what that question looks like or what it's trying to get out of me. So this is the good part about the podcast. You just get to ask me questions and I fish for the answer. I'm not exactly sure where all we're going to go with this. So yeah, why don't you hit me and give me some leading questions and we'll walk this out. Cool. Well, I'm excited to be able to get to that whenever we are there. And there's a little little tease for you. So we know you're going to love this podcast. And if you do, you're going to want to follow our Amazon link so that you can shop for all your Amazon needs out of our Amazon store. It doesn't cost you any extra, but it does give us some funds to keep these podcasts going. Woohoo! So what do we want to get out of our homestead? No, I'm going to read it and you're going to start. Okay. Okay. So, Bo. Yes. Question number one. What do you want to get out of our homestead? Well, this is not real. I want you to be able to talk about this. I think the number one you thing that I want to get out of our homestead 
off of our homestead just that I want to experience and just have is space. Done. Yeah. Seven <laughs> acres. We're coming from suburbia on about a maybe an eighth acre lot where the front yard is about at a 90 degree 45 degree angle and we're on a busy street and the backyard has trees surrounding everywhere which is great for climbing trees for our our boys and being able to play it really is a good backyard but we don't have space to really just run our illustration would be we're going from like a fingerprint to a footprint Mm -hmm. there's so much more space and access to anything that you want to create it to be I mean, anybody who's ever looked at moving out of like an HOA to a space that is unrestricted, the thing that you're most excited about is the creativity that you can unleash on your property. Mm-hmm. Here, there are, I mean, certain colors you can paint your door, certain things you can plant in the front yard. I love the idea of no restrictions and the mm-hmm. irony about you and I. Well, probably not iron. And that's what you're talking about. Certain colors that you can paint your door is there's certain colors that we are not allowed to paint our door. Right. Like there are lots of limitations in your little HOA, which is supposed to afford you a lot of benefits. Like, right. Like you pay into your HOA so that you can get this, that and the other amenity and all these things. But I think we've found that we've outgrown our HOA. And if you've outgrown your HOA, you know exactly what we're talking about, which is just like, oh, I'm just so tired of all the rules. So as opposed to cheers and we want to go where everybody knows our name, (laughs) we want to go where nobody knows us. We want to start totally fresh, new people. Although the one thing that we would, I mean, I know I speak for myself, but I think it goes for you too is, If we could transplant our entire community here and just drop it on our seven acres or in that area, oh, it would be a dream. I'm still trying to recruit people. I know. You do kind of offer everyone who comes (laughs) to dinner. You're like, hey, build build a house on our property. And I probably would not like that if if someone actually took us up for that. Whatever. I totally would. would, Seven acres, a lot of space. It is especially for us. Some of you may be listening and you've got 300 plus Texas acres. That's cool. But this is our first step into this. And we don't know if this property will be our forever property. But for now, this space is absolutely the desire. Create what we want. Room to grow. Room to figure out if we're even comfortable with something like this. I mean, I think the tagline for us is we're a family swimming upstream and challenging the status quo. So this podcast is going to cover... Moving from the suburbs to the homestead, we're total like city slickers, except not even because we live in suburbia. (laughs) So it's not even going to be like the movie. It's going to be like for a while, we'll feel like we're posers. And that might feel familiar to some of you who've ever tried something new. We don't want to fake it till we make it. But if we don't, if we aren't willing to just step boldly into this lifestyle, I think we'll totally fail. So some of it is all right, we don't know what we're doing, but at least we're going to try. Yeah. And and a lot of people would probably be surprised that the first thing that pops into our mind or my mind uh, at the moment is, you know, I want to grow my own food. I want to, you know, be connected to my food. We're very excited about that and we'll get to some of those things, but that's not the top priority for me. I want the space. I want my boys Mm -hmm. to be able to, I want to be able to, uh, to build a tree house for them, an obstacle course. I just want all of that. I want them, I want to be able to see them just sprint and run like a 
greyhound dog and I just be able to watch them just go. And I know that this is our property. You go. I love the idea of space. All right. Are you reading the second one? Yeah, I'll think I'll, I think I'll speak to this next one. So things that I really want on our homestead, not just out of our homestead, would be our pond. We have the there are two reasons that I want the pond. And the first is that for us to have a pond, we have to repair and in some way restore what already exists there. That's exciting for me to be good stewards of the land, to take something that is not working well and make it work really well. That's the first reason that I want a pond. And then the second reason that I want a pond is because I want living things back there. I want little fishing, you know, like kids to just go down there and spearfish or, you know, create the bow and arrow fishing or just something fun for them to do as an experience that they would never get where we live right now. Now, a lot of people have these little amenities in their area and that's cool. It's just not what we have access to. So I want to give them this, this accessible childhood. And I think there's another podcast about why we call it an adventure and not a journey. And that's my own personal thing. But if that intrigues you at all, then listen around for the time where we podcast on it being an adventure and not a journey for the Brothertons. But the first of it is giving our kids experiences they just couldn't have where we live right now. Our permaculture designer would probably be, he's probably going to fight us on this, uh, Pete Van Dyke of Drought Proof Texas, Drought Proof Texas. Dot com. We've, we've been saying this uh, throughout the entire time of us have owning this property even before we bought it. He was telling us, yeah, yeah it's cool, you want a pond, but you're not ready for it. I don't know. I, I think I'm now I'm a little bit more confident in the fact that I want it and I want to push for it. I don't know when that's going to happen, but it is up there in the priority. And something that I just would like to highlight is that a pond is probably the best return on investment that we can do for our land. You know, we're into permaculture swales and food forests and all that. We, we want to grow food, but not everybody is going to love that. And so we always want to have an extra strategy, like Kelly was talking about, that we're not, we just don't see this property to be our forever spot uh, we don't even know what that looked like. This is part of the adventure. We're we're wanting to do this. We were wanting to not be afraid. We want to jump into this and and take this adventure. And so with that, if we actually made this little water hole that's in the back of our property that does leak, and we make it into a proper you know quarter acre, half acre pond where there's fish in it, there's aquatic life to where I mean fish for just sport but at the same time that there's fish for protein mm -hmm. that we can just go and hey we can go catch dinner i mean it's even better as we just part of our homeschooling is we say boys go catch dinner did you know the fancy term for studying fish is ichthyology i did not know that we could have an ichthyology that's rad i like it lesson that's like so cool be That'd be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. I mean, I think half an acre sounds outrageously huge. I'm sure it would be. I mean, is this I, just how big it is in your mind? We don't really have like the perfect. I've never seen what a quarter acre is. I think your parents' house is an acre and a half. So that's a yeah, that's a big pond, an, an acre and a half. Eighth of an acre would be the size of our entire lot. So okay, from okay. front yard to that's, backyard. Okay, that's a good point. So if I'm trying to picture this. 
we have a typical suburban lot which is a typical small backyard i would like our pond to be bigger than our backyard sure so that's i think that's fair to say i would say an eighth of an acre is a good place I, I know, to start I know. and I'm then just, as we carve it out sure yeah the size of our suburban lot that's not bad but i mean the the water hole that's right there now do you think it's bigger than our backyard i don't think it's bigger than okay our i think it's close i think it's close so um being able to expand that pete our permaculture designer would say you know you need to work on your catchment first because you don't have any you're at the top of the watershed which we are we're you know our 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 property it's not really a hill but we're not getting we don't get any water runoff from anybody so whatever the water that we would get into that pond would be straight from our property from kind of the top of the hill ish uh, and running down. So we would probably, that's where he was saying that we do need swales to be able to keep up with that. So hopefully we can, but you know, if we need to, then we'll just use clay to be able to hold it. But that's just a big thing that that's what I would like off of our property. Weedham and Reap just put a pond in on their property and it's the coolest looking I, thing. And I they know. totally filled it with a hose. I, well, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, and that's a pretty, you know, looking on YouTube, Weedham and Reaps. It's I mean, gorgeous. It's a, it's a big looking it's a, hole. Yeah, you can you can just do it like that. We're on. I think we're we don't have to be water. afraid of it. If I we mean, were if we were in a well, then I think yes, we'd be like, yeah, let's do it. I think the big or like the neon sign is just what is sustainable, and I think that was Pete's first concern. Is like if you want to sustain life on your property, then your priority isn't your pond. But I think when we first looked at this property. It was three years ago. Mm-hmm. It was when we had three children instead of four. <laughs> it was when we just had a whole different stage of life with a then, I think she was just not even one year old when we found that, or just a year old. Yeah. So we have a lot of life that's changed since then, and the priorities look different. So going moving on from the pond and fishing, the next thing that is on my list that came to my head of is, course it is. Is bacon. Whenever we're talking about the things that we eat the most and the things that <laughs> I think of to grow <laughs> would be pork. I'm going to grow my pork trees and and my my bacon berries. You grow some pigs? You can I grow some pigs. Now, I'm not so saying... So the thing you want to get out of our homestead, the number three thing that came to mind is bacon. It is. It's yeah. so true. It's, it's protein. Is bacon yes we eat so much bacon we really do i mean are am i lying i think since finley's eating now we eat probably two pounds of bacon a week that sounds like a lot i think it's i don't think it's a lot but i do think it's more than some people if you really want an excuse to have bacon in your life you should go paleo and that's our excuse so we had a lot of bacon in our life about I guess that was five years ago when we went paleo. And then we stopped and we still eat just as much bacon. Yes. It's so good. I mean, if you've ever been to Costco and you get the Costco big, thick, no nitrate, like healthy, what, what, what kind of? It's not healthy. It's bacon. But what kind of bacon is it? It's why, like why uncured. We... Okay, sure. Uncured. But it's not like pastured, amazing. Sure. Bacon. So, But it's like this big, huge, thick cut pieces of bacon it's two two pound packs i don't think anybody cares okay what i'm saying is whenever we cook it we could i mean we just we like bacon so that is something that would be the number three is to want to 
raise some protein because like we've talked about, if we ended up getting grower pigs, piglets, you know, mm-hmm. that we we grow for a short period of time, there's there's a finite commitment to right. that. It's right. not something that, like if we have egg laying chickens, that takes a lot of time. We it, can just you have call to be it, committed to it. We can call it bacon season. <laughs> so when it's bacon season, we're growing pigs. Yeah. And then... We're and it, processing them and storing them. Well, yeah, we're not. I'm not going to process them to start off with. We're I don't think we will. Them. Bacon is the number three thing you want to get off of our homestead. Well, pork, yeah. It's adorable and I love it. It's okay. very thoughtful. <laughs> so, how appropriate that you would talk about the meat you want to get off of the property and then I would be talking about the produce. <laughs> But it's not just any produce, and I don't think it's a whole garden. You know, I've looked into a lot about tower gardens as our first start to maintaining our produce on our our homestead, just because we have a lot of amending to do at the property on our, like the soil on our property. I think that taking it vertical could be really helpful and really simple for the kids to be a part of when we first start. So berries is obviously... The number two thing next to bacon that we eat in our house is like a constant flow of every berry we can get our hands on. Blackberries, strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, all the berries our people eat. So those would be right up there. Like the first food source that I would want to get on our property, simple, clean, and easy would be just edible produce. So I mean, the good thing we have dewberries there. So they do it. Hopefully blackberries... That's what dewberries do. They do it. So hopefully blackberries would do well. There are dewberries already there. So how do we take this like wild vegetation that's edible and start incorporating that? I think that's a really cool thing about living on property is not only you can do whatever you want with the property, but one of the most important things about permaculture on your property is observing the the flow of the land, what grows, what dies, what survives, what um, what season things come and go in already on your property. So I'm thrilled about things that we've seen, like the wildflowers in the back half of the property. I can't wait until Texas spring when we just have all of those up at once and every day we're walking through them. But those dewberries are really exciting. And I know there's a lot, there's probably a lot more indigenous edible food that we're going to find. And I just want to find ways to use it. So I do love the ideas of growing our own produce, but those dewberries are especially exciting to look at what's already growing on our property and then taking care of that well so that maybe we even boost the production of what already happens there naturally. That's way cool. I know. And this is where it kind of goes off a little bit. Do you have any thoughts before... We move on on this one of what you would want to either get off of the homestead, eat from the homestead. I think, which is ironic between the two of us and most of the things or ways that we think, I'm most excited about the intangible things. I think you're most excited about the tangible things, which is ironic because visionary, futuristic is really your jam. And for me... All I can think about this is like space to breathe. If I consider what does it look like to be on our property, it's far less concrete and much more abstract about our thoughts or our our pace of living 
there's so much that comes to mind that motivates me to get out of our present season of life, which is really good. I mean, our present season of life is really good. Our people are good in our house. Our community is amazing around us. It was most important to me not to leave running away from something. And I think that this last six months has really given us a gift Mm -hmm. of that. Yep. When you ask me what I want out of the homestead, on the homestead, or in being on the homestead, it's like a higher level of what we do here. Well, I think that that falls into space. To me, space is mental space, too. And I think you and I have talked a lot about our expectations. Because we purchased this property in 2015, we've had a lot of time to discuss what's most important to each of us on there. And I know that the most important thing to you is that I'm happy on there. But I also know that for you to be happy on there is a huge priority to me. Otherwise... You're going to be miserable and I'm going to wonder why the hell we're out in the boonies <laughs> instead of five minutes from a Costco. I think there's a lot of give and take as I look at your list and I see so many tangible things. I don't have a ton of tangibles. I want a house. You know, I want a, like a place to live and I want everyday experiences that are full of wonder and discovery. You know, like it's all in my mind and it's all something I can see happening, but it's not a put your thumb on it kind of thing. Kelly and I, we've talked about this a lot, is that's kind of where Better Together Life comes from, is not being tied down to a plan. (laughs) And this is why this is a venture. That kind of makes sense to where something that's very important to you is for this to be free-flowing and kind of just... Kelly's not like super hippie free-flowing like that. Uh, But in terms of a schedule and... Being, I mean, there's many times where we'll have a plan and the next thing I know, you just find Kelly and all the kids piled on top of her and she's reading the book to them. I'm like, what? What? We, we were going to do this. She's like, nope, this is the moment that we're, they want to listen to this book and I'm reading it. Uh, and that's what I love. I would say what I would want is tangible wise is I want the homeschool experience. Yeah, I want creative spaces Mm -hmm. for thinking and playing and being. I want tree houses and zip lines and obstacle courses and in the midst of all these wooded spaces and open fields. So now you have another podcast about homeschooling. But that's kind of where we would want to be. And that kind of sets the tone, I think, about this and what we're wanting to get out of this. And then I'll swing it back around to some more tangible things that I want to be able to get off of the homestead. I really want to grow pomegranates. I We love pomegranates. So what we eat more is we probably eat more apples and bananas than that. Uh, lemons, you know, getting some of those fruit trees in there to where we, we really do eat these things a lot. Like my, my mind doesn't go to I want to grow radishes because they only take 30 days to grow and they're like a super crop like like, because they're so fast like no we don't eat radishes we could eat radishes we could eat radishes but we don't so i want to start with things that we actually do eat and we eat a lot of bananas apples avocados lemons all things we won't be able to grow on our property without greenhouses not avocados. Not uh, bananas. Probably not bananas. We would have to do some crazy. Certainly not bananas. There's uh, that's a lie. You don't know. 
Uh, there are people Unless that there's people that know. There's not. people that do banana circles in Dallas. That's very interesting. The school of permaculture. He talks about doing a, a banana circle. I, I could be wrong. Of, it, it, I mean, he says that he does it, so it, it might be a lot harder it. than it is. I think that I would like pomegranates because I think that it is a. I think we could do apples, but I I just want to grow pomegranates. I think that would be a rad fruit to have on your homestead. We love pomegranates so much we call them god candy in our house. I think it's because we couldn't pronounce pomegranate when they were two and three. No, it's because I wanted to entice him to eat fruit. And I was like, look, these little bitty candies that God made. No, it was because you are missing like the whole story. We talked about how it was pomegranates and not apples in the garden. Sure, okay. So now pomegranates are the... Really? Yeah. Did you come up with God candy or did I? I think I did. I thought I did. You might have. I think you were taken. I think you took my just very boring thing and you added depth to it. I think you just forgot the other part. Following up after pomegranates, I think we're going back to the protein is I want chicken meat protein. And this is like the order. Like you want space and you want a Th- pond. This is. Then you want bacon. Then you want berries. Then pomegranates and then chicken. Well, what I'm meaning by this is this is where I this is where I like doing this is just come up with a list and whatever comes into your mouth oh, I know first. That. So whatever, whatever comes, comes into your mouth first. So whatever yes. comes into your head first. Um you put down and I think that there's some validity to that. So I think you meant mind. Whatever pops into your mind. I said head, and not not your mouth. Your head first. Just going down. Mind. Yes, it is. Chicken protein. So doing doing a run of meat chickens. Once again, that is a short. That's even the shortest span. So we might even be doing that sooner. It's a lot shorter. I mean, seven to eight weeks to doing a round of uh, meat chickens versus raising a pig. abnormally good it stopped working how long did it not been working and i never hit record that <laughs> second time <gasps> our recording device i have recording. to say that you had one job i did have one job <laughs> keep that in your head i'm gonna do a quick little wrap up of everything yes, go very very fast so we were talking about meat chickens. We had a stop. We had a kid come in, so we were gonna. So we were talking about meat chickens. It's easier to grow protein than it is produce, and so we can grow meat chickens in six to eight weeks. They're probably gonna die because I don't know what to do. But at the same time, that is something that we're excited about doing. The last thing is is we want to be able to add different business income revenue streams, something that Kelly and I have talked about a whole lot. We wrote it in our book, Get Off Your Tail and Homestead, is being able to function stack different things together. And we want to be able to have several tiny houses, shed to houses on our property, even if it's just for friends and family to come and stay, but also to do Airbnb and to be able to have some workshops there. So if someone wants to have a nicer place to stay and not just in a tent, then we will have a little shed to house cabin for them and we can have that. And that's what Better Together Life is, is us being better and working at at home together, us being better together and making all of our money, all the income that we have as a family together and not having to go away from each other to work a nine to five. 
So I think something unique about this podcast versus other vlogs or other podcasts that our listeners might be interested in is that you and I have just started out this really sweet spot in life where we've figured out kind of the secret to being successful. And that sounds really dramatic, but it's so key. It's so integral to having fun at what you do and really enjoying it. So the first thing that we're not going to do on this podcast or our blog is compare ourselves to other people. We're going to have inspirations, but since we found out the things that we're good at, like honest to goodness, just sort of analyzed our own behaviors already and noticed the things that we're able to accomplish with minimal effort that yield extraordinary results. That's the kind of thing that we're going to maximize. And something that Bo is awesome at is just seeing the longevity and income possibility in basically anything he puts his mind to. So when we look at this homestead, our great priority is that we enjoy being there. We enjoy being there together. And the happy byproduct of that is just who he is creating an additional income stream. But something that we hope not to put pressure on ourselves in is relying on that income in order to maintain our lifestyle on the farm. That's extraordinarily important to us as we are very first generation homesteaders. No one, not anyone on either side of our family has moved onto a homestead and done the things that we hope and dream in our hearts to accomplish. This is not wide-eyed view. It's not this like wish and a prayer motivation to get this done, but it is actual vision and desire to accomplish X, Y, and Z on the, on the homestead and make some money doing it. But we know that our strength is not homesteading. It's, it's not yet. As it becomes that, I really am excited because there's a lot of freedom. I don't think we have this wide-eyed view of what it's going to be. We know it'll be hard work, but we also know what we're good at and what we're not good at, which is why we're not building our own house. (laughs) So we're not going to compare ourselves to other people that we see doing it. We will take inspiration from some really incredible people and do a whole podcast on that. Um, Who inspires us and um, what we've gleaned from some really cool people that have become our friends through this bizarre social media realm right i think one of the biggest things and something that just to add to it uh, and a lot of people comment on this this is probably the most commented one-liner in in our book is that comparison is the thief of joy what is that what's the one-liner yeah i think that um theodore roosevelt gets credited for it but i think i just have it in my gut that it was actually Eleanor who said it. Now, some historian's going to freak out on me, but I'm just saying that this quote is so um, truthful, that comparison is the thief of joy. I thought it was yours, so I think I need to put that quote back in. Yeah. I thought that you said it. No, <laughs> I it's you not came me. No, no, that's smart. <laughs> I need to actually no, quote yeah, you him better or get that right. back in the book. <laughs> just dot, 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 Roosevelt. <laughs> But that is true. And I think anybody who's over 25, anybody who's had a modicum of success and failure can see that comparison is a thief of joy. It will steal your value and your worth 
and it will keep you from doing things that you so deeply desire. So that is what we're wanting to get off of our homestead. It is not a planned out thing, but it is a work in progress. And we're excited about it. We are going to do another podcast uh, for next episode about, you know, kind of where we are right now. And not not just even talking about planning or anything, just what we're trying to do to be able to sell our house. But before then, we want to be able to tell you how we actually do this podcast. Yeah. Thanks for listening to episode one. We had a great time hashing it out over our tiny little table in the kitchen. With coffee. With coffee. Our next podcast may be with margaritas. It just depends on how that week went. This podcast is coming to you from our doTERRA business. Our time is better together because we get to spend it the way that we choose. I hope you've enjoyed this because this wasn't always the case. A nine to five just didn't give us what we wanted out of our lives. So we found something that did. In comes doTERRA essential oils. They give us safe, non-toxic solutions to care for our household and an income that affords us the time to make this move out of the suburbs and onto our homestead. So if you need essential oils to help you with the little emergencies that come up day to day in your life or you're aching to get out of that rat race and own your own time, we can help. Send us an email and we'll set up a chat. That's it, guys. Uh, Be sure to go and follow us on Facebook at Better Together Life. And then you can also find us at the Shed to House Facebook group. I'll put the link in the show notes for that group. And then on Instagram, at Better Together Life. And then uh, Kelly is at Better Together Wife. And then also you can follow me over on Steemit at Better Together. Thanks for joining us here on today's episode of the Better Together Life podcast. Catch you on the next one. Alrighty, y'all. Hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Remember, we are better together only because you are here. So please go to iTunes and give us a great review. And then also, don't forget to download our income expense report at bettertogetherlife.com slash report.